What's up, everybody? It's time for another episode of, yes, you guessed it, Philosophy. Uh, yeah, I'm your host, uh, Phil, as in the name. It's awesome. We're great. We're having a good time. Here today we have on episode number 11, we have the one, the only, Mr. Ethan Rippy. Oh, hi, guys. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, you gotta love your, uh, your studio audience in the background, right? Yes, the incredible studio audience. Exactly. There's a whole, you know... Two of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, so welcome to the podcast. We've been teasing you on the, the epi- last few episodes ever since Shay was on the podcast. Oh, yeah. And so we've been talking about bringing you on, telling your story a little bit. So, yeah, man, so let's talk about how I know you. You're, let's see, when did you start coming to the church? Um, I moved here about, oh, gosh, has it been four years? Wow, time really flies. <laughs> four years, okay, so you were, how old are you now? I am 15. So it means I met you when you were 11 years old. Well, not necessarily. I think I met you during like a year later when I first moved into you. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I've seen I've seen you around like I, we, you were introduced as like this yeah. is like. So I mean, I understand. But yeah, getting to know you was when you were in you. So when you're 12. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, that's three years now. Our, I've known you. Our friendship's been growing. It's been fun. Um, oh, yeah, you, totally. You help out in youth. We, you know, from tech to... Uh, playing guitar, you know, uh, and all these yeah. things. And so it's it's really cool how you invest and you're just willing to jump in. You're willing to just kind of do whatever needed to be done. Yeah. You know, you've helped me over the summer. You've been my uh, my apprentice over the summer. You kind of come in and, and kind of jump in with that. And you kind of work with me almost every summer. Um, yeah. And so uh, since I think, I think last year was the first summer you did that. And so... But yeah, yeah after was, VBS. After VBS, yeah, we did VBS. You were, um, you ran sound that one year. That yeah, was, was fun. And so, um, so kind of a cool big responsibility I gave you. You know, it's kind of an easier position gig, kind of do VBS, but still, you know, gives you that responsibility. Like I, you know, I ran sound. You know. Yeah, like I totally got this <laughs> exactly. Which you, you did. You always you always ran well. You know, if anything went problematic, I stepped in and fixed it for you. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's it's always been fun. Enjoyable, heavy round man. You're, you're, um, we, we've hung out a lot. We, you know, we talk about music almost all the time. Like almost oh, every yeah, day we're real. talking about That's music. That's my hobby. Yeah. Uh, you're writing songs, just listening to the next newest fun song that comes out. You know, recently went to that concert. Uh, oh yeah, that was so fun. Thomas Rhett and Cole Swindell. And, uh, who was the other guy? Nate Smith. Nate Smith. Yeah. That was a fun concert. Very we fun. Enjoyed it. Very late night coming back, but we, it was, it was fun. Yeah. I like that meta medley he did yes i don't remember the medley though it oh. was like 50s 60s 70s yeah, was, 80s yeah it was every 10 every generation not every generation every every decade every decade yeah, yeah every decade from like from like 50s up until now i like new 2000s and 2010s that was it yeah like it was just it, it was cool how he, he blended it together and kind of kept it all in the same key and kind of floated together it was, oh yeah it was incredible yeah, it w- it was really a really fun concert, and so I think it was just it was cool to hear some of the songs we all we we love to hear, you know. Yeah, Heads Carolina and a bunch of other stuff, <laughs> and so but um, but yeah, man. So let's see. Uh, so you're 15 now. You're uh, writing music, playing. You play guitar. You're learn mm-hmm. learning to sing. So that's fun. Yeah. You're uh, writing an album. That's exciting. I am. I am. That's that's really exciting. You're helping me write my album. That's fun yes. too. Yes. We need to start working on that. <laughs> we do, we do. Like especially since I have what next week, I may, I may just end up only doing uh, Battle Cry, but we'll see. 
Yeah. Uh, we, we may, I may. Still a good song. Still, it's still fun. I may, I may introduce something. We'll figure it out. You know me. I like, to, I like to work on the heat in the fire. I like to work to the very last second and do things. Yep. That's yep. very much my t- my mo. When when things happen, I actually um. So today we have a uh, the you you've seen it the, the tech closet right across the hall. Yep, that we cleaned out that one time that just yeah. went into flames again. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a nightmare. It took me. I cleaned it today. It took me six hours to clean it and organize it. How long did it take us? Like two? Yeah, it took us like two hours. So you can tell how long we let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Basically, I don't think we've cleaned it since like last year, last summer. Oh gosh. Not last summer as in like three months ago. Last summer as in 2022. Yep, I understood. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's been, it hasn't been touched since then, so it took a long time. And so I was joking with Miss wow. Christina because I said, yeah, I said, I said, clean the closet. We organized it. I said, I uh, planned out all the month of November. I'm already making goals for 2024. She literally texted back, who are you? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, so I texted back, I'm Bond, James Bond. Yes, sir. Keep so, going. Yeah, right. But, yeah, man, so it's exciting. So you're working on um, an album, which is cool. That's, yeah. You're the, I think you're the first kid I know that you're, you know, you're at your age, the age you are, you're 15, and a lot of kids at your age don't know what they want to do, right? Yeah. They're just, you're, you're what, ninth grade? Um, tenth. You're tenth. So you've been in high school for a year. You just jumped into high school. You know, you're still, you know, most students are just trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. Like, oh, do I want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a sports person? What do I want to do? And you already got your mindset. Like, you're like, you were in high school and you're like, ninth grade, I want to do this. You know? Yeah. Songwriting is one of my things. It's like something I enjoy to do, but Mm -hmm. I also can give meaning and purpose to it. Mm -hmm. Also, I can see myself doing it. Right. And so, like, it's really impressive to see. You like you know what you want to do, and you're just going for it, and you're yeah. giving everything into this, and it's really cool to see that you know, because like when, a lot of times when, especially kids your age, that when this, things get tough and things get hard, mm-hmm. you bow out, you move on to the next thing, yeah, you know, because you're like ah, oh, this is this is too hard, not too not not, it's just ugh. and I want to do the next thing, want to do the next thing, want to do the yeah. next thing. Eventually, they find it. You found your you found your your pocket. You found what you want to do, and you're hitting the road. and You're running for it, and so I I, yeah. I find that inspiring and, and cool to see that you're doing that. And so let's talk about your album for a little bit. So um, it's entitled. I thought it was entitled Another Life in the Teenage Mind. Oh, that was like Phase One. A phase long One time ago. And so now it's uh, now it's the journey. Yes, but that's cool. That's, yeah, that's a really cool name. And so um, we'll get to why the meaning behind the journey in a little bit. There's a you know yeah. we got we got a story to share with everybody. Um, but so the journey, uh, how many songs? So there's two versions of it. Okay. There's one version, which contains seven songs. Okay. Then there's a version two called the full version, okay. which has about, let me see, um, 11 songs. Man, that's a, that's almost a two sided record right there. For the, for yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you even know what a record is? I know what a record is. Okay. Oh yeah. I know what a vinyl is. Okay. Nice. Well, I guess you would. They're coming back. Do you know what cassette tape is? I do know what cassette tape is. Nice. You gave me one of those um, I did, speakers. Yeah. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. It, it's uh, I, for, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I use it a yeah. lot. Nice. It's nice because it just fits in your pocket. It's pretty loud too. Like oh, it's for real. Lot, yeah. yeah, it's it's cool. Found that at um, the uh, Madame Tussauds down in Orlando, down on I Drive. Nice. It's a cool little place. Um, yeah. you know, we don't sponsor people, by the way, on this podcast. But you know, nope, not that. <laughs> But, all right, so The Journey. So it's got 11 songs on the full album, and then it's okay. got seven on the, I guess you call that the EP? The EP version, yes. Okay, that's cool. And then um, 
you got some collabs on there. Uh, yep, you know, one with you. One with me. That, that'll be exciting to work that one out. Yeah, uh, you wrote a new one recently that I just I'm really kind of liking your the way you're 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 building this up. You know, which one? I sent you like three. You did. Um, it was the first one I sent you that gave me Morgan Wallen vibes. Oh yeah, the hardest part. Yeah, the hardest part. Like that that chorus is, um, just is where it hits. You know. Yeah. Can I read um, it? Yeah, it's your song, man. All right. The hardest part about moving on is the strength it takes to get you gone from every word, every touch, every little thing that meant so much. Now I'm lying in my bed at night wondering if I'm okay with this and what the hardest part for you is. All right. So that's just that, that like, you know, reading it through that, that like at that speed, just kind of like, you're like, oh, it's, it's good. But like in my mind, mm-hmm. I slowed it down. I slowed the tempo down a little bit. And I, like, oh, yeah. I paused for like what I would think would be like an instrumental pause there for a second, you know? Uh-huh. And, um, and so like, and then, and anyways, and so like, it just gave me a Morgan Wallen's like style vibe with it, you know, like that's that. Yeah. Um, so usually when I write songs, I will like find a theme and put my mind on it. Mm-hmm. Like I like to plan out random albums at random points in time. So I was like planning one, like, oh, this could be a cool thing. And just came up with random titles. Mm-hmm. So this was one of them called the hardest part. I was like, I wonder how I would write that. Like. The hardest part's not like a like an easy name to write on, mm-hmm. like so. I was like, I don't know how to like write this. And usually, I these melodies pop up when I'm like in the middle of doing something. It's either like when I'm at, <laughs> like in bed going to sleep, or I'm in the middle of doing school. Like the oh. most inconvenient times. <laughs> yeah, like I wrote a song the other day called "Pages Left Unwritten." And it was like I was in the middle of doing like math, and I was like, Oh, you want me to? Oh, this is a really good mel- melody. I should probably write this down. Hey. Well, then you, you sent me that one. If you don't, can I read that one? Uh, the chorus of that one. The pages hook? left unwritten. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorite songs I've written. Right. So that this this chorus or the hook is uh, pages left unwritten, stories never told, blogs never posted, not a book that, that you can hold. Time that was wasted. Now we'll never know what could have been. They're just pages left unwritten. Yeah, like that is so good. I know. Like I was sitting there reading this, I was like, so I'm like, I'm I'm going through like. Usually it takes me to get to the chorus to like find the melody of what you're yeah because I've I've known you long enough that I can usually tell where you're going with the melody. Mm-hmm. When I hit that that chorus, I'm like, okay, like uh, I'm I'm seeing like like a like a you know. Um, so this song is very drum based. So okay. I'm thinking like more drums. I usually write like ballads, mm-hmm. you know that yeah. like either guitar ballads or piano ballads. But this one, I was like, this one's gonna get a little upbeat. It goes like it's like, yeah. It's, it's got, like very dead on. Yeah, no, it's pretty. It's 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 got a, it's got a good, really good potential. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll talk about that one in a little bit. But it's it's I'm I'm just really impressed with your your writing skills from when you, you started to now. Like you're really like, oh, yeah. I look at this thing. I'm like, man, you gloss it up a little bit. Like it's ready to go. So like I remember my first song. Mm-hmm. It was called um, "Life Is a Tightrope." It was like I was very obsessed with the Greatest Showman at the time, and I wanted to combine that with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so I want I go life is a tightrope with you <laughs> I don't know what to expect right but I didn't really count that as like my first song it was more like a poem in my opinion right. but my first song was called Dear Love it was a letter written about a car accident mm-hmm. that it's based on a true story I'm not going to give the name of who mm-hmm. but um, someone they were related to um, wife and child died in a car accident together so I was like writing I was like this person told me the story. I was like, oh, that's like really sad, but could make a really good country song because I love country music. Mm-hmm. So I was like, 
I don't know how to incorporate this. And when I wrote it down, I was like, well, I did this. This this came out of me. Right. That is like, cool. And it just ever evolved from there. Sure, I've written some, like, useless songs. Right, yeah, no. It, it's it's really cool to see how you, you know, you've grown in the last, you know, I think in the last year, um, year, year and a half, which uh, I think really attenuates to the next topic of our, you know, podcast, which is your story, you know, yeah. which is, I think you've really grown up a lot in the last year and a half. And I think that's, yeah. that's not by, not necessarily not by choice, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, it is by choice, but it's not by choice. So um, let's go back a year and a half. We're going to take people back okay. in time, you know, you know, a little bit of, uh, sorry, yeah. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we have a little podcast machine in here. It's got sound effects, but, but yeah. no, seriously, let's go back in time about a year and a half tag. Yep. It's a Tuesday morning. September 27th. September 27th. Okay, I, I did not remember the day, but you did, which is understandable. September mm-hmm. 27th, we're sitting there at TAG, and I remember you just like, you know. Man, it wasn't I, during service. It was like during the worship part because I actually had something to do at that moment. Yeah, because I remember because I remember you, uh, we had uh, Rod at, at, on sound, and I think you were on Lights and Lyrics. I think you were doing a duel. Or maybe, no, you were on Lights. No, Nick, Nick was, was on Lights. I was doing a, a computer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were on computer that semester. And so I, I remember that. Um, anyways, and yeah, so then I remember you're like waving me down. And you're like, hey, my arm feels numb. Yeah. Like, it just feels weird. My like, ass weird. And you're like, oh, I'm like, are you okay? Oh, I'm fine. I'm like, okay. Man, my arm's just getting numb, like, more, like, weird. And yeah. so then I remember, like, you just, you know, um, Starting to panic. Starting like, to panic a little bit, and you're like, this is this is really, off, like, off, right? It's not like it's asleep. It's more like, whoa, like, what's happening here? Something is wrong. Something's off, right, yeah. And so then um, I think at this point, if I remember correctly, because um, your mom's on the worship team, mm-hmm. at this point, worship had just ended. You yes. Know, you had waited to figure out what was going on, and you uh, she came back, and we ended up. So I'm not going to tell your story, so start off. So keep, keep so now we set the, so, so set the scene. Tell us what happens next. Okay, so after um, I leave Phil, I tell him I have to go to the bathroom to figure out what was wrong. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't make it to the bathroom because my body just went numb. The whole entire left side felt like a traveling sensation. Mm-hmm. So I remember sitting down, like just, I, I think I looked pale. So I one of the um, security guys comes over and asks, is anything wrong? I was like, yes, I can't feel the left side of my body. And I was like calling my mom, panicking. She's like, and he's try he's comforting me at the time. My mom finally picks up my call, mm-hmm. and she comes in like, "What is something wrong?" I so I go like, "Yeah, my left side is tingly and it's numb." She's like, "Oh, you probably pinched a nerve or something." And the security guy over here is like, "No, there's something different. This is not normal at all." Mm-hmm. So he calls his son, who happens to work at a fire station, isn't and is a paramedic. Mm-hmm. So th- it takes about 15 minutes for them to come. They hook me up to all this stuff. I remember seeing my face, my sister's face because she works in the nursery mm-hmm. during that. And they pulled up in the roundabout. She's like, oh, something's probably wrong. So her and one of my friends, Alex, comes out, mm-hmm. comes out like they pretend they're filling up a water bottle or something. <laughs> and I remember the look on their faces like my sister starts covering her mouth like, like what? And Alex has to take her back to the room because mm-hmm. I know she's smart and she knows what to do. Right. So um, they're eventually like, you're going to have to come with us. We're going to take you to the hospital. We're like, mm-hmm. Me and my mom were like, wait, what? 
uh, I'm so confused. It's already, the sensation has already stopped. Mm -hmm. Why do I have to go back to the hospital? Why do I have to go, go to the hospital? Mm -hmm. Um, they're like, trust us, just come with us. So I was like, okay. And they put me into the ambulance, which this was my first time. I watch a lot of crime shows. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I guess this is what it's like to be in the back of an ambulance. So I was like, okay. And the guy's like, okay, we're going to have to stick a IV in you. I'm like, say what now? <laughs> a needle um, in my arm? No. Not a fan of needles? No, not at all. Neither am I. Needles are the worst. Oh, for real? Like, I can I can handle a shot because I know it's coming out. Right. Uh, it's just the constant, like, it's there. It's like, uh, okay. And the worst thing about them are they are in um, your elbow bend. Yeah, so you can't bend your arm. Your arm just well, you can bend your arm because they'll take the needle out, but what's mm-hmm. left is a basically a plastic straw. Yeah. So it's like I I prefer not to bend it because mm-hmm. who wants to bend a straw? True. So they take us to the hospital, and at that point, we're like, me and my mom were just staring down at each other like, um, okay, so what do we do now? Because um, – we're waiting for a doctor to come see us mm-hmm. or so or tell us what to do next. So we're just waiting there. I remember packing my lunch today. I had fried rice. I made everything better for like two minutes. Then <laughs> the nurse came in saying, let's go take a CT scan. I was like, oh, OK. So I went um, and took the CT scan. They're really fast. Mm-hmm. So I went. Then I came back. It took about maybe two hours to get the results from the CT. And mm-hmm. the nurse comes in again saying, oh, there is something definitely wrong in your brain. Or mm-hmm. like, are you joking? Like, yeah. what do you mean? They're like, we can't explain it any further because we actually don't know. This mm-hmm. was at Advent Health in Waterman in Tavares. Mm-hmm. So they had to bus us to the Advent Health Hospital in Orlando. And I remember being in the back, like, um, I think I made, and I was originally going to be taken by helicopter. The people in the back of the ambulance told me, they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, but we couldn't get one too bad. <laughs> You're stuck with us. That's funny. On a drive to Orlando. But it didn't really seem that long, probably because if the crime shows are correct, they can, like, do something to traffic lights. Or something. Yeah, they they also have you know they um they don't have to obey traffic laws you know that's true. So if they're if they're flying with the lights on sirens on they can you know mm-hmm. they can get through traffic lights and people move out of the way and so so if you're a reckless driver you might want to be an ambulance driver. <laughs> that's not what <laughs> no, I meant I'm to joking. say with that. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but anyways, they took us to the hospital and they gave me an MRI, which okay. they are the most annoying things on earth. <laughs> Like, no joke. So I get an MRI, and then they take me up to a room, which I've never stayed in a hospital room before. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, very interesting. I was, like, hooked up to all these cords, heart monitor, Mm -hmm. um, oxygen monitor. I didn't even know those existed. (laughs) Like, why do I have to track my oxygen? Later, you'll find out why I had to track my oxygen. But um, so that happened. A couple days in the hospital go by. We meet the neurologist who brings back the MRI results. They tell us, I have something called an AVM. Okay. Arterial something malformation. Okay. And basically to explain it in a simple way is it's a bunch of tangled arteries that act like a bomb. 
So you have to be really careful with them in when they are in your head, mm-hmm. especially in the part I have. Okay. So if any brain bleeding would happen, mm-hmm. it would cause my, I would, it would cause my entire left body just to like collapse sort of mm. like, like that I couldn't function it at all. Mm-hmm. So, and they told me the symptoms I had at tag were stroke like symptoms. Mm-hmm. So they're really concerned and I, and it was like terrible timing at the time. Right. Because it was during a hurricane. <laughs> so I had to stay an extra week in the hospital for no reason, just because of the hurricane, so-called hurricane. It wasn't even that bad. Yeah, no. It was like, okay, at least I had a nice nurse, though. That was nice. That was Shout good. out to Megan. Um, <laughs> it doesn't even listen to the podcast, but hey. Probably not. Um, you'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah, eventually. You'll be on radios one day. One day. One day. Um, but... Yeah, so we got to stay there, and the neurosurgeon comes in like, hey, there's something called gamma knife radiation. And we're like, oh, really? Could this treat it? They're like, oh, yeah, totally. But I don't want to work on it. I remember hearing that. It was the most devastating news. The doctor was like, I don't want to work on it at all. Mm-hmm. So we a couple days go by. They, they're like, but we can call other hospitals. None of them returned our calls. Mm. So they're like, you can go home for now. So they send us home. Mm-hmm. But thank you, thankful, But I'm so thankful that we did go home. Right. Because my mom was keeping everybody updated with Facebook. Mm-hmm. And there's this older couple at our church named the Baldwins. Mm-hmm. And they are snowbirds from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And there's a hospital up there named UPMC. Mm-hmm. So they have a close friend there who is the um, head neurosurgeon there, and they tell me tell them about my story, how I'm only 15 and I have so-and-so and all this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he's like, I don't know how he reacted, but I know the next day mm-hmm. I was on the waiting list. That's awesome. To be, to be on there to get this gamma knife radiation mm-hmm. surgery. And me and my mom and dad were just, like, struck because it was um, the day we left. We were all just so devastated and everything. Then two days later, um, we have a video conference call with the doctor hmm. who um, the Baldwins talked to. Mm-hmm. And they um, and he said, yeah, we'll have you on the thing by September 8th. Hmm. So my – which happened to be my dad's birthday, so, like, Happy birthday to my dad. <laughs> but I have so many great friends and everything. So we didn't know how much time I actually had left. Mm-hmm. So um, we always wanted to take a vacation to Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. which like might be a selfish thing to raise money for in some people's eyes. But they we, we didn't know how much I had left. So someone, I don't know who, but someone started a GoFundMe mm-hmm. to pay for everything. Mm-hmm. And bu- we had enough money for both trips. That's good. So we were able. So we took the Amtrak train up to um, Washington f- mm-hmm. from Orlando. Yeah. And we're like, whoa, this is absolutely incredible mm-hmm. because this was something I always wanted to see. When I was um, younger, about eleven or twelve, mm-hmm. before I found music um, to be really enjoyable and stuff, I used to read history books for fun, like the <laughs> thick encyclopedias. Oh yeah. So I knew, like, everything that I saw was, like, whoa. Like, like oh, I know that thing. 
wait, I know that thing. It was like fantastic. That's cool. So it was a very enjoyable experience. I mean, the weather was changing. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. I got to see the Library of Congress. That's cool. Um, uh, a lot of the memorials. I didn't get mm-hmm. to see the White House, though. We walked up to it. Funny story. <laughs> um, and there were rats everywhere. We're like, okay, nope, we're leaving. So we ended. And no, he doesn't mean the people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. I did not run into any politicians. Nice. So... I felt like if I did talk about politicians there, someone randomly be on the street be like, no, right. I think this, and you are in my town. Yeah, no, we we definitely don't talk politics on the podcast, and we don't talk politics in Washington, D.C. Oh, wait, <laughs> s- some random dude did call me kid with the Justin Bieber haircut. <laughs> it was funny. great. Oh, and I ran into him twice. Yo, Justin Bieber. Yeah, it was great. Um, but That's eventually funny. we did leave Washington. Um we drove our car up. The cool thing about the um, Amtrak train is you can store your car on the back. Mm-hmm. So we were able to take our car up to Pittsburgh. It wasn't a long drive, but it was like a beautiful scenery all around. That's probably why it didn't feel like a long drive. Mm-hmm. So I did go up there. Um, it was very, it, it wasn't like Washington, D.C. at all. It was more like dark clouds on the horizon and a lot of metal. Mm-hmm. But. It did, we did stay in a really nice townhouse, VRBO. Um, so we did that, and the next day I had my treatment. Um, I had to be put under anesthesia. Mm-hmm. It was um, interesting. That was my first time under anesthesia. Yeah. I haven't had anything with dental, so I hadn't had that before. <laughs> yeah, so. going under is, not a, is an interesting experience. I've, I've been under a few times. Some so. people have cried when they wake, woke up. Mm-hmm. Some people just, like, are still asleep. I was the more I was the more of type that would make people laugh. <laughs> I mean, what did I say? It was hilarious. Um, it was something about Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was probably something like that. Like, uh. it was something. Oh no, I did ask the question: Am I dead? <laughs> it was great. Uh, my mom recorded the whole thing. Uh, well, but eventually, you. my mom said, "Are we going to get out of here? You're going to have to wake up." I was like, <laughs> do I have to? I don't want to wake up. Yeah, but I did wake up and eventually, like, so they had to do two things. Not just the gamma knife surgery, mm-hmm. which is, it's not invasive. So mm-hmm. they just, like, they play, basically play a very intense video game in my head. <laughs> like, with lasers. So that was cool. But I also had to get something done called an angiogram, which would map out the brain. Mm-hmm. So I, so they could do it. Yeah. So when I got home, I had a like wound and a band-aid oh, um where i could, like it was very hard to walk though because right. it was in my pe- pelvic area mm. so it was like oh this feels uncomfortable right oh, okay there it is but <laughs> there it is oh there it is uh, yeah <laughs> so yeah so then i had cheesecake factory that night i mean that's not always a bad thing i mean it was for my dad's birthday but i was happy to get some right food. yeah yeah um, so then we did leave. We drove back down, then took the Amtrak back. But this Amtrak wasn't as enjoyable as going up the first time <laughs> because everybody was so tired, like, oh, I'm ready to go because right. we had our grandma with us. Yeah. <laughs> so, always coming back is always never fun because you're just tired, you're ready to get back home. We want the drive to be done, you know. Oh, yeah. But um, since there are sleeping cars, mm-hmm. we had some of those. We were able to change it to our pajamas. Nice. Well, me and my sister couldn't because she didn't. She forgot the backpack in the car. (laughs) 
Oh, and another thing, I lost my um, <laughs> AirPods in Alexandria, so that was great. Oh, that's that's exciting. No, no, not really. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> um, so I didn't have mu- I couldn't listen to music on the way back. Mm, that's always the worst. For real, because it was like me. That was the way I would get me time. Right. While being surrounded by everybody, but <laughs> I love them. They're great. We eventually got back down, and life was normal for a good while, except mm-hmm. I couldn't really swim, right? ride col- roller coasters, um, mm-hmm. be- play, like, tackle sports or anything. Yeah. It wasn't until, really, the beginning of the summer, everything started to go back into chaos. Yeah, because I, I remember that. We, you know, we, you, like I said, that was December of 23, you know, and we were, because you were supposed to work with me that summer. You yeah. Know? You were supposed to help me out and do some things like that, and... You know, I remember you you weren't feeling great again. No, it was it all started after I came home from camp, which was one of the best experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. But I did come down with some sort of virus that almost everybody from camp got. <laughs> yes, I do also remember that. That was it, it was interesting. Yeah. So we all we I was just very sick and then I had a I did recover though. But mm-hmm. I started my legs. I couldn't really walk normally, mm-hmm. but it wasn't to the point where we knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. So it was VBS when I actually like told my parents that there was something wrong. Mm-hmm. So it was like VBS week. I was working with the third graders. It was a, it was a great experience, and I just remember one day I just had a little accident where I was like, "This isn't normal." Like, I accidentally spilled some popcorn on the ground, mm-hmm. and I bend down on one knee to pick it up, but I ac- in- accidentally fall over. Mm. So I was like, oh, um, this this isn't right. Because right. I normally could do that. I could get down on one knee, pick up something, get back up normally. Mm-hmm. But it, it didn't really feel right. Mm-hmm. So I tell my dad, he takes me to the ER the next day. They said, nothing's wrong. Mm. You're fine. You can go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... That didn't last for very long. Mm-hmm. See, that was like, was that June or July VBS? That was June. June. So I had the whole month of July thinking I was fine. Mm-hmm. Then August hit. I was like three weeks into school. Mm-hmm. Then I had an, uh, the symptoms I had back in September mm-hmm. happen again, but this time more intense. Yeah. Because it was 3 a.m. at night. And I remember getting up because my eye was winking nonstop, <laughs> like just one eye, the mm-hmm. left eye yeah. was winking nonstop. Then my hand started copying mm-hmm. the, my eye and ended up curling up like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you guys can't see on video, but um, it started curling up and I'm like, this isn't normal. And it was all flinching and stuff. And I had to, I wanted to go get my parents. I just remember mm-hmm. it being so hard to walk because I only was able to see clearly through one eye. Mm-hmm. I had two. I had two dogs, mm-hmm. so I was tripping over them and everything. And eventually, mm-hmm. I, I yelled, "Mom, Dad, I need you. Come here." I was like, she, "They're like, what is it?" And they see what was happening. They're like, "Oh," and they ended up calling the ambulance again. Mm-hmm. And I had to be, they didn't want, I wasn't taking the waterman because we knew there was nothing they could do there. They took us to the main hospital in Orlando Mm -hmm. and they told me I had tremors. Mm -hmm. And while I was in the hospital, they're like, here's some more medicine to treat it. Or like, okay, cool. But I ended up being allergic to that medicine. Mm -hmm. It's one pill ended up equaling three days of throwing up. 
It's not fun. No, no, it's not. Mm. Especially when your grandma's the only one there to take care of you because mm. your parents are on vacation. Right. Uh, but um, we ended up stopped taking that. Then I was confined for like two weeks. Then September hit. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay. So I was looking forward to the one year anniversary, September mm-hmm. 27th. Right. I was looking so very forward to it. Mm-hmm. And then the middle of August hit. I mean, mm-hmm. September. Mm-hmm. And it happened again while I had friends over. Mm. So it was embarrassing to see me in that state. Right. And I was like, I, this happened before. There's nothing they could do. Mm-hmm. It's just part of the symptoms of the, it's just part of my symptoms. Let's not go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, no, we need to go to the hospital. And I'm so thankful that we did go mm-hmm. because it was that night I had a full on seizure. Mm. This is where the oxygen monitor comes into play. Right. Like it was going on 45 minutes, which is really long. Right. Where my whole eye was flinching. I was starting to choke on my own spit. Mm-hmm. So they had to put me under anesthesia and put these oxygen tubes up in my nose because I couldn't breathe for myself. Mm-hmm. See, I told you that's where the oxygen monitor came into play. Yeah. So um, they put us in there and we're like, okay, it's fine. And they're like, and they give me an MRI, mm-hmm. another one. I wasn't conscious for this one, so I didn't <laughs> have to stand the annoyance of it. But um, it came back with unhappy results. Mm-hmm. That the gamma knife, which is normal, mm-hmm. um, had caused major swelling to my brain, mm-hmm. where it shifted my midline off. So, like, you know how you see on a brain scan, there's it, you can see the left and right hemisphere. There's a line down the middle. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine that line bent. Mm. The like the um, right was pushing into the left. Mm-hmm. So there was a major intense swelling. It was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So. So it was like, okay, this this happened, and so and so, and they had a hard time getting me on seizure meds, so we had to stay in another week. Right. It was I just. I remember that. It was like very, very hard. Um, but they did eventually find things. And I remember it was it was more like a September visit last year and this year again. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, doctors were finding coming in to treat the swelling with antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And um, so I remember meeting with two doctors, the neurologist and um, the kid oncologist. Because mm-hmm. the doctor up in Pittsburgh, they wanted to treat me with something called Avastin. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very successful treatment. He knows in his um um knowledge, mm-hmm. but the doctors didn't down there didn't trust him. So the guy that knew about AVMs, mm-hmm. uh, um, neuro neurologist, he um uh, he mm-hmm. um. He said, I don't know about Avastin. I don't want to treat you. Mm-hmm. Then the guy who knew about Avastin, who's used it on cancer patients it's, and uh, so on and so forth, he's like, I don't know about AVMs. Mm-hmm. I don't want to treat it. Right. So eventually they call it. We're like, we feel defeated at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go downstairs. We see my sisters who had come to visit with my aunt because mm-hmm. we're like, there's, it's going to be a while before we still have to meet one more doctor who have, is the adult oncologist. Right. We are expecting the same result mm-hmm. that they're like, I don't want to treat it. So mm-hmm. we are downstairs and the guy passed us as we are going up, mm-hmm. as he was going up and we are coming down. And we're, 
so we almost missed him. Right. So we were, I was having a fun time with my sisters because I hadn't really feel, felt really happy in days, mm-hmm. especially that day. Mm-hmm. So the adult oncologist comes down the elevator and we're like, wait, because we knew we had to meet somebody. We're like, wait, me and my mom are like, are you the adult oncologist? And they're like, are you my patient? And we're like, yes. And we, me and my, <laughs> me and my mom and him just like rush back upstairs. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, we have to get back up there. So, mm-hmm. um, he told us he would, he would be willing to treat me. Okay. So the swelling has gone down in major months and we're, I'm so thankful for it. That's Thank good. God. That's good, man. It wouldn't be possible without the prayers or yeah um anything for sure no that's that's really cool i um i remember from you know my point of view of the whole thing just you know it's been it's been crazy to see you know because i remember hearing about it right and hearing hearing that, that there's this thing in your brain and it's just it's really scary right and for me it was it was hard for me to just just because like you're my little you're like a, you're like my little brother right you know and so and uh, which I obviously I'm, you're we're obviously not related so there's there's harder things from your parents point of view and your sibling mm-hmm. your actual siblings and things like that but you know my grandmother had just passed away in 2022 you know in in September from the same not from the same thing, but from similar brain stuff. You I know? remember you mentioning that, yeah. And so, um, and so, really was heavily praying for you, and uh, there was hundreds of us praying over you, and you know things like that. And I remember calling you from your Airbnb or your Ver- your Airbnb, your Verbo or whatever it was, mm-hmm. up in Pittsburgh, and again talk to you the night before the event. And, and that video, I forgot about that video. Yeah, get, we got the video together from some of your close friends, you know, praying over you and talking talking to you, kind of sharing with that. And so, um, you know, it was really, really cool to see how, you know, you just got, you got people that just love on you and care about you. Mm-hmm. You know, we were there through the ups and the downs. We're cheering when you cheered. We're crying when you cried, you know. We're, yeah. we're, we, we had your back the whole way through. And so um, I remember hearing about, you know, I remember getting several students texting me going, hey, do you hear what, like, back in September when you were having the massive seizure, like, hey, mm-hmm. do you hear what happened with Ethan? Like, you know, what's going on? Can you give me some details? Like, help me understand this. Yeah. So I remember talking with, um, you know, Shay and a lot of other people about this and what's going on. And certain, certain like, Shay, I was able to give more detail with. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously didn't give more detail that wasn't given to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that was if it was posted on Facebook or things like that, I was giving the detail of that. But then I was giving, I was explaining what it was, you know, like if it was, you know, like your sister or someone, I mean, not your sister specifically, but someone like 12 or younger, you know, I'd be very generic with what it meant. But she was yes. 16, so I was able to give him a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. but very clearly it was like, hey, don't, don't go sharing this with everybody because this is, you know, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, it's not like yeah, I was like, giving any information that wasn't publicly shared, you know. And so, but um, but yeah, man, it's it was just a, you know, it's been a really crazy experience. And so, and like I said, I think that's why when you wrote this album, you're writing the sound with the journey. I think it's really cool to see where these yeah. lyrics are coming from because you've been through the journey, you've walked through it, you're walking through it right now, you know. Yeah, these were a collection of songs of that uh, that happened that year. Mm-hmm. they're all very personal like I have one there about family mm-hmm. something with my extended family happening happened and I was just very angry mm-hmm. which also I had a fight with a friend which led to other things mm-hmm. then just 
and a lot of it left me questioning. So this, um, the journey is very personal to me and Mm -hmm. I didn't really have a good title track. So when I got home from August, I was just very overjoyed because I met that doctor and the next day I got to go home. Mm -hmm. So I was just very overjoyed and I was having really, really bad writer's block. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So I was just so very, very happy when I wrote that. Like, can I read the chorus to it? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So it goes, hey, we're on a journey to find if we're worthy of the life we have or if we're not deserving. Though we cry, it'll be all right. It's just the journey, the story of our lives. Mm, That's good. So it was like, because it was like very hard to like write something about that because it was just, I don't know, it was just hard. So mm-hmm. when I was a- when I wrote this, I just felt like very relieved. It was like getting a weight off my back. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really cool. And so, you know, like I said, it, you're you're an incredibly young man. You've grown. You've you've really grown up over this last year and a half. And like I said, I think it's, you know, it was partially. I mean, you you were you were growing up. You have shown a lot of you know potential even before this whole situation happened. You know, but I think this situation really pushed you into a. Uh, you know, trusting and relying, like, who who am I? At yes. the end of the day, who am I? You know, yes. and I, we talk about that all the time, like, at the, end, at the end of the day, who are we as people, you know? Yeah, there's a song on my album about that named Hey Son. Mm-hmm. Over, like, three years since I moved here, I first felt very unhappy because I had finally mm-hmm. settled down in Mississippi, which was the state I lived in before, mm-hmm. had a really good life. But when I moved, it just, like, ripped it all up. Mm-hmm. And um, I was struggling to find my identity and who I was. Mm -hmm. So I wrote it and I was like, I got saved that year, which I thank God for that. I finally believed and trusted in him because without Mm -hmm. my faith, Mm -hmm. I would have never got through that. Mm -hmm. I would have never got through that September. Yeah. It would have been so devastating Mm -hmm. because you you didn't have the hope that like didn't. Yeah. But something that my parents saw and a lot of people saw was I did have that hope that I knew things were going to get better because mm-hmm. I did have that faith. Mm-hmm. And they just kept questioning over and over, why did I have that faith? But going in a second time really, like, put me down. I started to have anxiety, mm-hmm. um, depression here and there. Mm-hmm. But so I was I didn't basically write a song for that whole summer, which writing songs is my therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it is for a lot of songwriters. I hear a lot of interviews of people saying that. So I had really no way for my feelings to get out. And I, after I wrote The Journey, I let my mom read it. She loved it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why don't you write a song about what if God was saying to you right now? Mm-hmm. So I wrote another song named Hey Son, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite songs. Yeah, I rem- remember when you... When you uh share that one with me. I was really, I was really touched by that one. I think yeah. it was, it was really, cause your mom shared that one too, you know, on mm-hmm. Facebook. And it was really, I think, I, th- I really do think it was cool. Cause I do think that's what God was saying to you and like talking to you in that moment is like, Hey, trust me, like I'm here, you know? Yeah. In the course, there's a hook that says, let there be life. That's repeated all throughout the song. Mm-hmm. And it was like, cause when you're in depression and have severe anxiety, it's like, well, there's not a lot of light around. Mm-hmm. You only see through a tiny pinhole. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all surrounded by darkness. Mm-hmm. But 
that song helped me widen my view and get me back to my joyful self that I was before. Yeah. And that's cool, man. So, so you, you walk through this year, right? It's September to September, right? And yes. you're, you're a year in and then fast forward another month. Yes. Um, it's October 25th. It's a Wednesday. I'm driving to, driving to school. I'm, I'm like pulling into school. I'm on the phone with somebody else, and all of a sudden, so sudden you call you called me. That's uh-huh. that's interesting. I'm like, well, I'm like, can't talk right now. Yeah. I'm like, all right. I had like ten minutes before I had to get into class, and I immediately texted me, "Call me as soon as you can. I have good news." I'm like, uh-huh. okay. So I remember that I, I immediately call, like called you like two minutes later, and you didn't answer. Well, because I was on the phone with somebody else. True. And then I'm like, all right, I'll give it another minute. All right, call it back. Still no answer. Okay. So I texted me like, hey, man, I'm like about to walk into class. Like, what's going on? Uh-huh. And then um, and you're like, all right. And then, I said, then you called me. So what was the good news? Well, about two years early, the bomb in my head was diffused. That's which is exciting. So, um, so the AVM just, it's gone. It was gone. All you could see was the shell. Right. Which is a miracle. Yes. A very big miracle. Right. Like, thank God. Like, I, was, I wasn't expecting to drive. I wasn't expecting to ride roller coasters. I couldn't even get in the hot tub for maybe three years. Right. And yeah. then about a year and a month later from when I was diagnosed, I was healed. It was, like, incredible. Yeah. Like, how often does that happen to people mm-hmm. that you see a real-life miracle in plain sight, it was, like, incredible. It was only because the prayers of God's people that happened. I had yeah. people from all over the globe that were praying for me constantly. I was always on their mind. I, yeah. I did feel annoyed by that at first, like, oh, thank you. I know that I have an issue. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, but wow, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Thank no. God. Yeah, no, which is, it's really exciting, man. It's really cool to see that, you know. A year, a year and a month or so later, you know, it's, it's gone. It's, it's, it's just gone. And that, those are yeah. the moments where the doctors are looking at you going like, this is impossible. This medically isn't possible. What the doctor said up in Pittsburgh when he responded back, when he saw the MRI, mm-hmm. um, he goes like the thing, the AVM has been quote unquote obliterated. <laughs> that was his word. That's awesome. It was like incredible it's like me and my mom were in the car away back from another doctor's appointment saying the swelling had gone down a lot Mm -hmm. so and my dad called us like um i have some good news and we're like okay what we just had some really really good news like the swelling had gone down Mm -hmm. he goes like well the doctor up in pittsburgh said the avm was obliterated me and my mom just sat there in silence for like two minutes (laughs) what can you repeat that it was like, I had to like sink it. It had to like sink in. We're like, what? How? It's like too early. Uh, like how? Because this thing was huge. It was about six. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. <coughs> it was about six centimeters, which mm-hmm. is very long for one. Right. <coughs> That's why it took so long to treat it. Mm-hmm. So, and we were like, just wow we were just like totally amazed mm-hmm. and we're like thank god for that it was like all we could do was rejoice that day yeah. and then the next week um see music is how i relate to other people mm-hmm. the next song that the 
I think it was that week that a song that Brandon Lake's new album came out, Code of Many Colors. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of great power anthems on there about Mm -hmm. God healing miraculous people. Like my theme song in that first September was Too Good Not to Believe. I was like Mm -hmm. holding on to that truth. Like he's too good not to believe in. Mm -hmm. But then on his new album, ah, I can't get enough of this song. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called Miracle Child, Mm -hmm. where the um, uh, the chorus says, I'm a miracle child. I shouldn't be here, but yet I am. You can take that from two points of view. Mm-hmm. I take it from my medical point of view, but my mom also like cried during that song because she can take it from a salvation view. Mm-hmm. That's probably what the song was intended to do, mm-hmm. but it really hit me hard because, hey, I have this. I have this now. I can say, I can literally say, I am a miracle child. Mm-hmm. I can be here. I will give the glory to God always because no one else can get, make this happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's you have a really cool testimony now. Yeah. Like you have a really cool story to share with people, and the thing we got you want to make to sh- make sure to share with everybody, you know, is yes, I walk through this. Doesn't and you, I, I pray you're never gonna have to walk through the same situation. Yeah, but good thing ju- it's not generic, right? That's what they said. <laughs> yeah, just because my crazy hard situation, you know, like. I can still show you that good God is good, God is true, God is who he says he is, and he's going to come through in the end. So it may take you five years, may take you a year and a month, you know? Yeah. And But you just have to trust that God's going to do what he says he's going to do at the time that he says he's going to do it. That's and, what this album that I'm writing is all about. Right. So it starts off with the, the journey song, and mm-hmm. it leads into all to these different stories. Some mm-hmm. of them may seem like, oh, that's really cool. Others may seem um, really like hard truths. Mm-hmm. But it ends with this song that says, even though the view has changed, I know I will still remain the same because mm-hmm. um, th- you're not supposed to let the event change you. Mm-hmm. It's. I just felt like it was a perfect way to end it. End this mm-hmm. with a hopeful message, which th- this little project that I have put together is like, wow, this is why I want to be in songwriting. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to do. Yeah. I think I think you have that ability to, to touch a lot of people's lives, you know, yeah. moving forward with songwriting, with, you know, because music uses both sides of your brain, right? And, you know, it uses the emotion plus the ability to remember and connect and really show things. And, you know, there's going to be times where maybe a song that you write about your situation doesn't turn out. Doesn't turn out. Yeah, or, I remember writing this one called "How I'm Feeling Now." Yeah, right. But like, there, but there also maybe songs where you write a song and it, and it and it connects and it clicks and just say you share it with a hundred people, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm just using hypothetical here, but you share it with hundred people, or in ten years from now you're out of college and you're you're a songwriter and you give the song connects with someone and it connects with an artist, you know, and that artist produces it goes on to be whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, someone's like, hey, I listened to that song, and I now have hope and ability to understand that God's going to get get me through the end. Oh, my gosh. That would be, like, the best feeling. Right. Which, but I mean, so I don't want to get hopes up, but, like, I also don't want to say that that's not possible, right? You yeah. know? Nothing's impossible with God. That's what I learned through this journey. <laughs> right. You know, and so, um, so yeah, man. So I think, you know, you have a really cool story. You have a really cool um, testimony, and I really wanted to share that with everybody who's Potentially listen to this, you know, that kind of stuff. I really wanted to share, you know, just the journey that you've been on. 
you know, and the journey that you're going to continue to be on, right? Because the journey doesn't end here. Yeah. The journey doesn't end now that the AVMs are done. No, because there's still a lot of physical therapy, OT, that I have to get back. I sort of have to get my life back because Mm -hmm. I sort of closed this life off and Mm -hmm. this life off just to live in this life, just to be like, okay, I have this. What can I do to make this better? Mm -hmm. I shut out, like, most of my friends and everything. But I still I have to gain, like, those friendships back. Mm-hmm. So there's still a lot of work to do. Yeah. You still got a lot of work to do. You still got a lot a long road ahead of you. Mm-hmm. But it's not hopeless. Nope. Not at all. It's not. You know, there will be times that trials are harder. You'll be walking mm-hmm. through things. You'll have downs. You'll have your ups. You'll have your left, right. You know. But at the end of the day, the journey's not over. The journey's it's now the journey part two. It's just the story of our lives. Exactly. And um, just another life in a teenage mind. Yeah. <laughs> I still think that could be a cool song. Um, I did try to write one. It didn't turn out. <laughs> uh, you never know. Hey, there's. I a, could rewrite it. There's a lot of artists that have written songs and they, you know, have 15 different versions of it. And it finally comes out to be. I think Toby Mac actually re- produced a, um, an album. I, it's Lost like Emma's? A, yeah. And so that he he just ended and never went with anything, you know. Didn't go with an album. Didn't go with mm-hmm. the path he wanted to. But he pulled them together and created this album. And so, yeah. But um. But you know, who knows? You never know. But you never know. So, but yeah, man, I, I I appreciate you being on. It's been really cool to hear your story. Really cool to share anything with. Um. So if if you could give a word of advice to people who are struggling right now, they're walking through just unknown things, right? It could be. It could be as simple as, you know, hey, I'm really struggling in school. Just as t- simple as that. It could be, hey, I'm struggling in this really hard by situation. If you were to say to people, like, hey, I've struggled. I've understand it. I understand what the struggle is like. The struggle is real. The struggle is tough. But what would you say? Um, I would say it's not hopeless. You can get back to this because I've seen so many miracles that are that my God is too good not to believe. Mm. You can put your trust in him, faith in him, and hopefully it'll all turn out well. Mm. That's good. I, th- I think that's good. I think the, I think the another message I, w- I think you can you can tag onto that too is it's he's still too good not to believe even if. Yep, still good. It doesn't work. Yeah, you know it's always good. Um, there's a song that I sure reminds me of this. You ever heard of Cutlass? I have heard a Cutlass. It's been a while since I've listened to them. So there's a song. I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you. Obviously, we can't show it on here. But um, it says, even if, right? And so it says, um, sometimes all we, have to, all we have to hold on to is what we know is true of who you are. So when the heartache hits like a hurricane, that, can never, that could never change who you are. And we trust in who you are. So it says, even if the healing doesn't come and life falls apart, and dreams are still undone. You are God. You are good. Forever faithful one. Even if the healing doesn't come. I know that song. I know and that so, song. And what you said also reminds me of What If by Mercy Me. Mm, that's a good one too. Like, I used to listen to that song as a kid. Like, oh, I love this song. It's so slow. I love it. It's great. Mm-hmm. But then I, I, I can now apply that to my life. Even if you don't, my heart is still yours alone. It's like. A slap in the face. It feels like. Yeah. No, you're you're very true on that. But. Yeah. No, I think. Have hope. Have and and trust in God. But even if. Mm-hmm. It's a no. 
even if it's not going to work out, he is still God. He is still good. He is still the faithful one, mm-hmm. even if the healing doesn't come. Yep. So, man, I really appreciate you being on here. We'll uh, we'll have you on again soon, and yeah. we'll, we'll chat. It's been really enjoyable. Thanks yeah, for man. having me on. You got it, man. We'll talk soon. Bye. <laughs>